Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. ...and team waste. Our employees reap the benefit of realizing their potential with our trust and full support. As a second chance company, we offer competitive pay, a sign-on bonus, tuition reimbursement, tool reimbursement for our mechanics. And at the end of every workday, you get to be home. Our culture is built on taking care of each other and the communities we serve. Apply today at careers.wasteconnections.com and become a part of a great team of people. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Protect your engine against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change. O'Reilly Auto Parts has five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil for $35.95, plus get two times O rewards points. Our professional parts people can recommend the supplies you need, including a filter, funnel, shop towels, drain pan, and more. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello, I'm Howard Mackler, founder of Innovation Refunds. You've heard me talking about the payroll tax refund for months. I'm so proud that we've helped over 15,000 businesses claim over $5 billion in cash incentives. If you own a business, even if you've asked your CPA about this, you owe it to yourself to take another look. Every client is assigned a licensed and insured tax attorney who evaluates your company at my expense to accurately determine eligibility. Innovation Refunds has hundreds of five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google, and your business might be entitled to receive up to $26,000 per employee. Businesses of all types can qualify, including medical, professional, construction, even nonprofits. Please don't miss out on this. Even your doctor would tell you to get an expert second opinion, and we do a lot of work for doctors. Download the Innovation Refunds app now or go to GetRefunds.com to potentially get a payroll tax refund of $26,000 per employee. GetRefunds.com. GetRefunds.com. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Mountain Bike Studios on 929 FM ESPN. 
Dragons have got to Now, it's Chris Harrington, live on 92.9, discussing the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Chris, what's this we're listening to? It's uh, the Ray Charles version of the Hank Snow country classic, I'm Moving On. Sending that out to the first players moving on in NBA trades as the offseason has officially begun with a blast. I guess I could send that out to um, the wondering about the outcome of the John Morant situation. Our, our, um, our, our, our uncertainty has moved on, on, at least. From that. Uh, well, we'll do that, a little bit of that real quick. Um, you had a column up uh, about it, your reaction, and you said what you've said before, that it was the outer edge of what was reasonable or what whatnot. Um, the union said it was excessive and inappropriate. Uh, it doesn't feel like he's going to appeal, but I guess you never know. Um, was it excessive and inappropriate? Well, why, I, why, I, why I, my sense, and the union hasn't said a whole lot, but my, 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 my sense slash guess about the union thing is that the, I don't, I, I think they would like it to be less than 25 games, but I think the bigger thing there was the, the sort of vague path to return right. stuff. And I think the union is right to want more clarity on that. I mean, I, I would, I, 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 I would have no objection to a less lower, you know, suspension. I mean, my guess was eighteen games, right? So right. I, I don't think it needed to be twenty-five. But I don't think twenty-five is out of bounds either. But I think the union is right to to, to say there has to be more clarity on this path to return. I also assume there will be more clarity. That clarity may not be public in a press release, right. but I assume it will. There will be more clarity between the NBA and John Moran about that. And I assume, therefore, the players' union will be privy to that. But they're right to say this is the language. This public language is too vague about how he comes back. But that, but that, you know, that has to be ironed out. It is funny. It's a little bit like it's not an indefinite suspension with reinstatement because that's not the way it was phrased. It was phrased twenty-five games. But right. You also have to do this stuff. But as a matter imply of there fact, is that if you don't do this stuff, does, yeah. yeah. So right. it is kind of a. Eh, you can reapply for reinstatement. And if we think you're good, we're, well, then we'll tell you. Then we'll tell you you're fine. It, basically, though, it. I don't may, think it's that he has to apply for reinstatement. No, it's not. It is that is that if he doesn't he, if right. he doesn't do the other process stuff. And to me, it's probably there's no way for them, Adam Silver, to look into his eyes after right, 25. Right. All they will know is whether he went through the steps, the steps that they presumably mutually approve. Do, do they yes? Do they mutually agree on the process, and does he follow the process? Right. And uh, and my assumption is that. All of that will happen, and he'll be back right. after 25 games, barring some other incident. Right. Um, in terms of other things that were interesting Friday, uh, Grizzlies sort of continued their tougher love approach. Yeah. Uh, their statement was, we respect the league's decision to suspend John Morant. Our standards as a league and team are clear, and we expect that all team personnel will adhere to them. <laughs> to, to lump Jai in with all team personnel, right, right, right. that's pretty blunt. I, I, I do think, so I, a couple of notes on that, somewhat divergent. I, I do think the Grizzlies are very much committed to the future of John Morant. Right. I do think you will see, you will, you, 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 you will see more of a public Messages, in this together yeah. kind of thing going forward. But, you know, when you see fans on Twitter sort of upset about, you know, the way John Morant's been treated by the NBA and you see the, the, the players' union put this thing out, one of the things that's been clear to me is that the team doesn't feel like John Morant's being treated by, mistreated by the NBA. Right. And that 
I think the organization takes this all very seriously and sees it, I think, as the NBA does, and frankly, as I do, as this is not just he waved a gun on, on Instagram. Oh, he can get 25 right. games for waving a gun on Instagram. That's not against the law, whatever. Yeah. The team sees this, I think, the way Adam Silver sees this, and to use the language that he didn't put in a press release, but he did put it in this interview with Dan Patrick, this is about a trajectory, uh, that a, a trajectory that John Rant's on that is not positive and that we need to change. I think the team very much sees it as that. Um, you made a point in your piece, which I had not made note of, but when I saw it, I said, you know what? That's right. Which is in Jaws statement, although it's just words, the phrasing was sufficiently yeah. clunky that it made it seem like, I don't mean that badly, but it made it seem right. like it could have been authentically Ja. It's some of the, some of the, and I'm not talking about the substance, I'm talking about no. the, the actual phrasing, the phrasing of that. I can hear John Morant's voice when I yeah. read it. And it felt like some of that was dictated from Ja Morant. You know, what do you want to say, Ja? And he says something and you write it down. Now, it could be it's a particularly, like, astute PR person, like, Who's playing like advanced calculus <laughs> trying to write in the Ja Morant voice. But I tend to think that was more like some, that some of that verbiage was Ja Morant dictating verbiage because it did not come across in the language the way a PR pro would just write a statement for right. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Moving forward, yep. although until recently, you've sort of been of the view that they should be building for the playoffs and not for the yeah. first. This is stout enough of a suspension that it, it what, at least raises the bar in terms of what you'd have to get back in a Tyus Jones deal? Yeah, so I wrote a little bit about that in that column, sort of looking for the offseason, and I'm going to write a more kind of column today that's mostly written um, I'm going to write a couple things this week ahead of the draft, but the one I'm going to write today is going to be primarily about that question of to trade Tyus Jones or not trade Tyus Jones, and then from there get into like what the point guard free agent market looks like, which I had suggested I was going to do a couple weeks ago when right. I wrote about the small forwards. So I'm going to get into that more today. I know it would be, and this is something I'm struggling with trying to write, I know it would be more rhetorically satisfying to pound the table and say the Grizzlies must not trade Tyus Jones or to pound the table and say the Grizzlies must trade Tyus Jones. I try to think of it the way I think the team is thinking of it. And the way they're going to think about it is they're going to look at the range of potential paths and outcomes and try to, you know, weigh, you know, the reality is contingent. That's just always the case, mostly the case. And so I think they're going to weigh, like, if we do this, what does that mean for this and all this kind of stuff. It is my belief that they, not only that they should be, that they are, very much open to the idea of trading Tyus Why Jones. Let's start there, just for people who can't. What's the argument for trading Tyus Jones? The argument for trading Tyus Jones would be um, he's going to be a free agent next summer. Um, you know, the Grizzlies signed him to this two-year, $29 million deal last summer. That's a lot of money for a backup point guard. They did that with... We're, in a time where John Morant still had one year left on a cheap rookie deal and would have a one-year overlap between that and John Morant's new contract. Well, now when you go into net, not this coming season, but the following season, you're going to be paying John Morant $36 million. Right. And so I think the willingness to – what you're willing to budget for his backup is going to have to go, come right. down as his contract goes up. Um, I think Tyus Jones himself will be age 28 next summer. He may view that as this is my last chance to, like – cash in on a starting role somewhere and do that in my career. So I think it is highly likely, likely both from a Grizzlies perspective and a Tyus Jones perspective, that this would be the last season he's in Memphis. That's not certain, but right. that seems likely from both perspectives. 
And so you could always just have him all season and then and then, you know, you part ways like you did with Kyle Anderson. I think I think it, it would make more sense to try to get future value out of that. Um one of the counterpoints would be, well, you can always trade him at the trade deadline. It doesn't have to right. be the summer. And I think that's why I think you weigh the different possibilities. But I think stepping back from that, if your question is, is it, you know, a, a part-time starter for one season versus a full-time starter for multiple seasons, if you have to part with the part-time starter for one season to get the full-time starter for right. multiple seasons, that's something you, I think you have to consider. Right. Um, and that's the other reason. It's the most tradable, valuable contract. Yeah, so and the, that's the, they have four – if you have to match salaries in a trade, they have four mid-sized contracts on the roster. Well, two of those, Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark, are guys on multiple-season contracts coming off injuries. I assume it's harder to trade those guys right. even if you want to. The other is Luke Kennard, who the team has, has control over for more than one season. I assume the Grizzlies would be less interested in that. And so I wouldn't – I wouldn't take it off the table for any of those three players. They could be involved in a deal instead of Tyus Jones. But for all the outside reasons, it makes more sense that if you have to move a mid-sized deal to to bring back a significant player, that's the one most likely to move. If you decide to keep him, uh, at least until the trade deadline, you're right. going forward with him at least until the trade deadline, um, are there wings available in the Dylan Brooks spot that you can get by some other method? Yeah, I mean, I read all about I read all that stuff a couple uh-huh. weeks ago and the small forward stuff. I mean, it, you know, from from a mid level exception standpoint, I think Bruce Brown right. is your best option Although from he, Denver. He proclaimed during the parade that he is staying there forever. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's, it's like you know, after you win the national title, right. and the guy says, "I'm coming back yeah, to school," back and so we'll see. I, yeah. So that's an obvious one. I mean, there's a few more guys in free agency. Um, from a trade standpoint, it's a little harder. Uh, the guy I've mentioned, Dorian Finney-Smith, for Brooklyn. There are ways to trade for him without including Tyus Jones. Um, I, I think I think most of your paths to getting a, a starting caliber small forward are going to involve the trade of a, of a significant contract. And again, that could be Luke Kennard or Steven Adams or Brandon Clark. More than likely, it's Tyus Jones. And so it does not – keeping Tyus Jones does not close off paths to getting a, a starting caliber small forward, but it narrows so those it paths, I think, pretty considerably. Yeah. Um, does the jaw suspension possible impact on your own draft pick uh, next year? Um, then Bradley Beal going over to the Suns, all of this. Does that change in any way you're viewing next year big picture? Like what's possible, what the window you're is? For, you're talking about for next season or the general Well, way? I mean, we've talked about this three-year window. Yeah, no, it, 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 does not, window? it does not change my opinion on that. Um and honestly, the Bill thing doesn't is not really particularly relevant to right. me. I, I think the Morant thing for next season, I, you know, your goal really is to get into the top six because we've seen in the playoffs the seedings maybe not don't really matter that much, right? right. Miami just came from the eight, right? right? Um, you know, when Golden State won the title, they were the three seed. When Milwaukee won the title, I think they were the three seed. I think Toronto was a three seed when they won the title. So the you know your goal is to navigate. To, to get to the top six so you don't have to deal with the play-in. Even if you have to deal with the play-in, who knows? Because, like, the Lakers were in the right. play-in, they were in the conference finals. And so I don't think John Morant, you know, even if he misses 30 games, I think this team has enough talent, they can still get into the playoffs, and then if you're, you're whole when you get to the playoffs, who knows? I do think within this three-year window, year two and year three seem more fruitful to me than year one. Right. So there is that aspect of it. But honestly, if you – 
if 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 your view is downplaying the chances next season, that only raises the the reason you'd want to try to deal Tyus Jones because the reason right. to keep Tyus Jones is to help you next season, right? And so if you want to try to maximize year two and year three at the expense of year one, that would lead you to trading Tyus. Take Jones. OG though. He is under contract for one year, then he has a player option. Right. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, I think when you make these moves, you you have more intel on the inside than we do from the outside. And I'd certainly not want to make a deal like that blind. You may not get an absolute assurance from his agent, right? But you want some feel willingness for, for his willingness to to re up. Yes. Now, I think what you do do if in in, in, that, in that aspect is you say we'll trade for you and we'll put an extension on the table right now. He probably does not take that extension. But that extension, I can't do the math off the top of my head, but I want to say his deal is like $18 million next season, and then you do yep, you know, 40% raise off that, and then you add 8% raise. I mean, you're talking about a big contract and an extension offer, and so I would put that on the table. I, but again, I don't think you make that trade without some inkling that you think you could keep him. Ja's going to miss 25 games, right. but as you pointed out, uh, last year he missed 21 without a suspension, right. uh, without a, without, not purely all suspension. And the previous year he missed 25. Without a suspension. Without a suspension. Right. So he's probably going to miss 30, 32 games, If right? you take them, I don't have the column in front of me, but what I did was I took, I, took the, I took the games he missed, non-suspension games, the previous two seasons, looked at the rate of games missed and applied that to yeah. you know the, the games that would be left after the 25 and if you take that pattern, then he would, I want to say it was something like, you know, 37 games. He made. It was close to half the season. Right. Now, that's not a guarantee. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully he stays healthy. Um, but I, I don't think you assume that he only misses 25 games. That is not an assumption you can, go, you, can, you can work with. They were 11 and 10 without him last year, 20 right. and 5 the year before. Right. Why? Oh, I think the, 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 the roster got younger, especially, especially on the perimeter. So it wasn't just a matter of Tyus Jones versus one year versus the other. It was one year you had Tyus Jones plus De'Anthony Mountain plus Kyle Anderson, and the next year you're playing you know more David Roddy and more you know the perimeter cast just wasn't as strong in terms of your depth. I think that was the main reason. Um, I don't know. What do you think they're pro? I mean, they're 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 going into this. And, I mean, do you think? Do you think their approach has much changed because of? Well, I think they probably internalized that it was going to be something like this with the Jaw thing. So I, I you know, I, I, I don't think they were surprised by, by right. the NBA's thing. Um, you know, I, I, I think, I really think there's a wide range of outcomes here. I really do. I think the Grizzlies could do. There could be a lot of movement this week from the Grizzlies. I think. I don't think it's. I don't think it. At this point, it wouldn't be crazy to just take your draft pick and say, "Well, we'll 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 see what happens in season." Right. Right. I think that would be a disappointing outcome. Um, I don't even necessarily think that's a likely outcome, but I wouldn't. I can't take that off the table g- given everything else. No, and you could hope that one of these wings. I don't have great faith, but you could hope that between Jake Laravia or Zaire Williams or David Roddy or like that, someone's going to emerge and be. Yeah. A credible Dylan Brooks, right? Um, uh, yeah, so. no. I mean, they they've got options. Uh, they get a lot of darts, you know, to throw at the dartboard and hope they get something that you know gets you know at least on the twenty the twenty point stretch, if not the bullseye. Um, and so I no, I you know I think you know taking your pick at twenty five, adding that to the roster, and you know taking your pick at forty five and making that a two way, and then and moving on, I, I think is a viable path for the Grizzlies. 
I, I think that they are going to be trying to do other things and looking to do other things. Zach Kleiman's history is certainly that he likes right. to be active around the draft. Um, but I, you know, I, 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 I think that's a possibility. I, I do not think that they have decided we can't trade Tyus Jones. I do not think that's the case. Which pick is more valuable going forward, Golden State's next year or the Grizzlies next year? Well, that's a real good question. Um, I would say probably the Grizzlies pick, given given the Morant is thing, more valuable. is yeah. more valuable probably. For one, well, for one thing, I mean, we're, we're just talking about where we think it's going to land. Yeah. The, the Golden State pick has protections on it, and the Grizzlies, unless you add protections, right? right. So, so, so there's a limit to what the Golden State pick can be for you. It can't be a top one, two, or three pick. There's no scenario in which that can happen. Um, but I think if you're projecting out the regular season, but I think it's I think it's close. I think there's all kinds of questions around the Warriors too, and I'm not sure. I I I have no idea. Come October, when I predict the West, which team I'll have higher, I I, I don't think it's clear at all. Um, the Bradley Beal trade. Your thoughts? Um, I think it, that that that's some pretty meager return for a player of that caliber. Meager, let's just say that. But I think the problem is that they sort of backed themselves into a corner with it. I think the contract is so onerous now for a player who's an All Star level, but not really a superstar, not even really quite an all-NBA guy. Um, you're talking about paying him 50-something million, you know, $208 million for four years, so more a- averaging more than $50 million a year for four more years as he, as he goes into his 30s. And then he had, the, he had the no trade clause. And so I don't know whether they had better options. It seems like Miami was holding out for Lillard, so maybe that right. wasn't an option right now. But I also really wonder, it seems real sketchy to me, that Bradley Bill's agent is, is the father the, of the crazy. son's yes. president. Yes. And so between the no trade clause and that relationship, it all seems like a pretty sketchy scenario. If I were a Wizards fan, I'd be pretty mad. I wouldn't be necessarily be mad specifically about the trade. I'd be mad at the whole range of things that brought it to this point, really. Um but I don't I don't think that makes the Suns a huge juggernaut. Any no, no. no you know, I people thought they, last most year most people had him as the second favorite in the West. A lot of people had them as the favorite in the West. Some they, people They did. were picked but, to beat yeah. Denver in that series. They were the favorite over Denver in that series. But I think going forward, Not by me. coming out next year, if we look at the futures, Denver was the first favorite. Was that right, Jeffrey? Probably coming so. out of it Coming out of the West. It, that's I know. We looked at it. And then yeah. the Phoenix was number two. Phoenix made leapfrog them yeah, now. Yeah, probably. Uh, just so the hype around it and the pure talent. So do you keep Aiton because you need – like in the end, you want someone to go against Jokic, you know, or do it's you try to get a couple it's of It's an interesting question. I think they have to – they have to shop Aiton. I'm more. I'm still more of an Aiton fan than a lot of people are, but I think they have to shop Aiton, A, because – how valuable is he when, like, he's not going to get the ball? Right. Like, he, he's sort of a center who needs the ball, and, like, right. he's going to be the distant fourth option on this right. team, so you're not maximizing the kind of player he is anyway. And then, B, their depth is so poor that, like, if you could flip Aiton for more of a defense, a pure defense rim protector center, and then get a sixth man to right. go, you know, to me, they have to look at trying to find something like that if they can. And Chris Paul is now, at least temporarily, a wizard. I'll be surprised if he starts the season with Washington. Seems, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, the problem is, is that— He certainly won't finish the season with Washington. Is that does he—do they cut him and then he can just go somewhere? Or well, there's the rumor that the Clippers him. might try to trade for him and just take the contract. I, I think they'd be looking into that. Um, if they can't find a trade for him before the start of the season, I think there'll be a lot of pressure to try to buy him out. Yeah. According right, Chris, to the, the markets it. I'm seeing— What's that? According to the markets— uh, 
Phoenix has improved their odds. Denver is still a favorite, still but they're both the defending favorite. Maybe. But yes. Phoenix has improved their odds. Um, all right, Chris, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Talk to you more tomorrow. Is your, is your piece going up today? You think? You believe this piece that you you probably probably later today. You can look for that at the uh, Daily Memphian. In the meantime. I will remind you that Robert Irwin Jewelers is the number one place to buy diamond engagement rings because you get more choices. Uh, in addition to uh, one of the largest collections of natural diamonds, they also have a large selection of lab-grown diamonds, giving you even more choices. They make custom designing your ring risk-free and easy, uh, fully customizable. I, Jeffrey did this. He went in there absolutely stunning. You can just dream it up, and they can... Uh, and they can make it for you. Uh, you can ask now, ask her now, and pay later. With great finance options like 24 months deferred interest or take up to 60 months to pay at a low APR. And for limited time, save up to 40% off ready-to-wear diamond engagement rings. I can read all of this stuff, but what I can really tell you is, is that Robert Irwin Jewelers, the experience, it, it buying a diamond ring is an emotional experience. And the experience at Robert Irwin where they walk you through it. It's not high pressure. Um, you want to bring in photos. You want to show them things you saw online. You want well, they, They'll do all of that with you. And then, uh, and then they will tell you why uh, and explain how they can make the absolute perfect ring for you. It's RI Jewelers. Uh, they've got five convenient locations online at rijewelers.com. When we come back, Bill Courtney is going to join us. Bill Courtney has a new podcast out. He, of course, you remember him from, he was coach at Manassas High School where they, uh, where they did the Academy Award-winning film Undefeated. He's got a new podcast, and uh, he's joining us to talk about that. We will do that next. It is Jeff Calkins Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Coming up at 11 a.m., it's the Jason and John Show. Weekdays from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN, Memphis's sports station. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. Meet Zach. His work-life balance is anything but balanced. But when he gets on the bike, he becomes Zenzak. Zenzak exists outside of time. His heartbeat sounds like a mellow drum circle. It's cool, right? The only notification he hears is the sound of the ocean. So if you want to reach him, talk to the ocean. Zenzac is so zen because he has 24-7 expert claim service with GEICO, which is totally chill. GEICO Motorcycle, expert coverage for both your sides. Well, good news. If Father's Day uh, came and went and you didn't get anything from Ocall, you can go get it yourself. <laughs> it's time. Listen, if people, if they let you down, uh, you can go on in and get it for yourself, whether it's swimwear whether it's uh, activewear, whether it's uh, – I've got these incredible all-day all day shorts uh, that I got at O'Call. Uh, Johnny O shirt. Like, this stuff is absolutely beautiful. And as it was explained to me um, the other day when I was talking to someone about O'Call, the secret sauce, the secret sauce and the reason that they are the legendary store they are, secret sauce is the people. Like – there are beautiful clothes other places. I don't know as consistently. Like this place has its own Peter Millar shop, so it's it's different. But the truth of the matter is what really makes it different is the folks who work there, who will help you. Uh, they nudge me towards things that I wouldn't necessarily even think to buy that the next day I find people are complimenting me on. So uh, summer's just getting started. It's time to get yourself in to see our friends at Oakland. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. The Xfinity 10G network, that is. Sorry, Neil Armstrong. Xfinity 10G gives you fast internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hey, guys. This is Kenan Thompson. I have a problem with you. Yes, you. None of y'all told me that Auto Trader has millions of new and used cars that I can shop from home. I thought we were friends. I put smiles on your face. But I'm not smiling. No one told me that with AutoTrader, a dealer can deliver cars to my home or that I could shop by price on AutoTrader. No one. Consider this friendship that you just learned we had officially over. Finally, it's easy. AutoTrader. We're here with Jennifer Carsonson, real estate expert from the Live Love Memphis Group at the real estate agency. Jen, everyone's talking about how high interest rates are right now. What do you think? I have this conversation all the time where buyers are nervous about jumping into a higher interest rate. But if you're the first time home buyer, the interest on rent is 100%. That's the first thing I'll say. If you are paying $50,000 over, 
the value of a house plus concessions, plus you're paying for everything to get a three and a half percent rate. But if I told you at six and a half percent, you can get below list, you can get your closing costs paid, you can have your appraisal contingency in there, you can get repairs done on the house. And then when rates normalize, you can refinance. Well, you've still gotten the deal. Now you got the deal on the house plus the deal on the interest rate. Whether you're buying or selling, you need Jennifer Carstensen in the Live Love Group at the Real Estate Agency, 901-625-5200 or email them at sold at livelovememphis.com. That's 901-625-5200 or sold at livelovememphis.com. Jeff's guests appear on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone lines. The experts when it comes to disaster cleanup. Service Master by Cornerstone. Now, back to the Jeff Calkins Show, live from the Genesis Memphis Covington Pike Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. All right, back on the Jeff Calkins Show, joined now by Bill Courtney. You remember Bill, of course, as the... Uh, as the star, let's be honest. He'd be on Hollywood on us. Uh, he didn't 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 start that way. Just went out to do some good things at Manassas. It turned into a uh, uh, wildly popular uh, and uh, critically acclaimed film, Undefeated. And now he has a new podcast called Army of Normal Folks. Good to see you again, Bill. Hey, man, it's so good to see you again, <laughs> Jeff. Um, so before anything else, tell me about um, tell me about Army of Normal Folks. Um, you know, I'm a football coach and a lumberman and a Memphis guy. I'm a husband and father first and really just a normal dude. And, you know, the whole thing with the movie undefeated, which was my seventh year at Manassas was, you know, the fact that that even happened was ridiculous. Three guys showed up that were 29 years old and a couple of borrowed cameras and shot a film and. It is incredible. Story. Oh, well, we, we thought we might see that I mean, that the, the story itself that it happened at Manassas that, 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 that was yeah, incredible. That it happened is incredible. And then the fact that it was captured and is... Well, it's, it's ridiculous because we literally thought we might see this thing on Channel 355 on Wednesday <laughs> at 3 in the morning one day. And right. a year and a half later, we're You're walking the down Oscars. the red carpet at the Academy Awards. And, you know, we didn't seek it out. It found us and... Uh, you know, you can call it the grace of God, luck, whatever, you know, it happened. And ironically enough, this podcast, which, believe it or not, we released it last Tuesday. It is now number 10 in the world. Wow. Um, much the same way happened. I was interviewed. I, I, after I wrote my book, I, I do a lot of speeches, and I was being interviewed about a year and a half ago. And, um, you know, I'm kind of fed up with what's going on in politics and frankly really? fed up just fed up with the dysfunction or <laughs> right. media. Right. Uh-huh. Right. And so I was asked, you know, what do you think's gonna fix the proverbial break right. the proverbial or whatever? And I simply said that in Memphis there are areas that when you drive by or viaducts when you pass over you think please Lord, I don't want to have a flat tire here right. tonight or I don't want my car to break down. And as you cruise past those areas, you look down that street or over the edge of the viaduct and you see the disenfranchisement and the poverty and the despair. And you think to yourself, man, somebody ought to do something about that area one day. And and you say it as if the sentiment matters. And my suggestion is we cock that rearview mirror about 15 degrees, look ourselves in the face and say, you know, maybe I could do something about that one day because I I think 
although there are plenty of well-intentioned programs that are maybe decades and decades old, um, I think government has proven woefully inadequate, and I don't think fancy people on CNN and Fox using big words that nobody actually uses in in conversations, uh, I don't think that's solving anything. Uh, I think we're being divided, and, and instead of somebody ought to fix that down there, I just think maybe if we had an army of normal folks, just you, me, your producer, those listening to us, just seeing a need and and fitting in that need, that maybe we could, maybe that's what could change our culture and our society and the things that are dividing us. And so I, I said that in an so interview. So on the podcast, you, you shine a light on these folks. Well, yeah, but, you, you know, to your question how it started, yeah, okay, I said yeah. that in an interview. And then six months later, these guys came back, and they're from Chicago, and they say, we can't get that thought out of our mind. We're thinking about starting a podcast and a movement called An Army of Normal Folks. We want you to host, and we want, we'll find them, but we want you to go around the country interviewing average normal folks that are not politicians, not on talking heads, not celebrities, but just average folks that have done extraordinary things in our society want you to unpack their personal story, their fears, their goals, their ambitions, their struggles, and tell the stories of the amazing things they've done, not because they were anointed and because it was easy for them, but despite what they had to overcome and their difficulties to do these amazing things because they are normal, like all of us who have financial troubles, uh, marital discord, kids going crazy, hard times at work. I mean, we all have troubles, but despite it, what they did, and so... I said, that sounds pretty cool. And so we started interviewing people, and um, it released last Tuesday, and um, the response has been unbelievable. And it it speaks to me to the fact that people still want to hear, they don't want the Hallmark story that's all perfect, wrap up with pink bow. You know, we we tell real stories of struggle and effort, but at at the end of it, we hope it's interesting, informative, redemptive and most importantly maybe inspiring that people listen to these series of podcasts and eventually one clicks and somebody says to themselves hey you know I could do that in my community so uh, for example uh, uh, the, the first one that you had was officer Tommy Norman uh, over there in Arkansas tell yeah, me g- in, give me a little uh, give me a, a nutshell of his tale yeah, just real quick North Little Rock, um, grew up in North Little Rock one of eight kids had one bathroom when he grew up um, you know, middle college guy, uh, became a cop and, and the area in North Little Rock he serves is, um, a disadvantaged community and he's a white guy. And here we have for the last six or seven, eight, nine years, uh, this huge national conversation about how do we fix what's broken where the largely minority communities don't trust the cops, the cops don't trust them. You know, Black Lives Matter, let's defund the police, we'll hold it, we need the police, let's reimagine the police, well, now let's refund the police, because, you know, all of this, and Tommy Norman's story is simple. He parks his car, uh-huh. he walks his beat, he knocks on the people's doors in his house, and his, his goals are threefold. I want to be invited in their front yard, then I want to be invited on their porch, and I want to be invited into their kitchen. 
and he learns the names and cell numbers of the people he polices on his off days. He calls them to check on them. He's a cop. He arrests people. He has arrested murderers. He chases bad guys. He does what he's supposed to do. But he polices the area that he serves with dignity and respect, doesn't sum up somebody by the way they look, and he is like the epitome of community policing. He's actually been called the Michael Jordan of community policing. The guy has 2.2 million followers on Facebook because all he does all day is post stories of people on his beat that you might look at and think one thing about, and he's telling the good stories about what they're doing in their lives. And it's a phenomenal story, and he has literally changed the idea behind community policing. Um, He wasn't a captain. He wasn't anointed. He was just a cop from an area who wanted to serve the people on his beat, and he did, and he has changed an entire community's attitude toward the cops. It's an amazing story. Talking to Bill Courtney, uh, the podcast is Army of Normal Folks. How do you – listen, there are there are inspirational stories right here in Memphis, and like normal folks. The guy who started Crosstown was an art professor at the University of Memphis. Phenomenal story. Right? Like that's like an art – freaking art professor. Yeah. Um, Ann Harris and Carpenter Art Garden is like she, she just saw a need. Like there are lots of folks individually doing thousands. Thousands. We just don't hear about them. But because- here, the problem is, but here we are. Like we're right. still like those people exist. I honestly think in Memphis we're pretty rich in those. I'm I'm impressed Large, by how a many people philanthropic are- community for sure. And yet, I, I don't dispute that that's like can be part of, like. But it's not the answer here. Like, Ann Harris is here, and Todd Richardson's here, and we have people doing all the things that are being done here, and yet we also have these crushing abs- – I mean, you, you lived it at Manassas, these crushing problems of poverty. And I will confess – and I think one reason that I, I really appreciate the podcast is because there is a hopelessness that that creeps in. You look at all these people doing good things, and yet here we are, and it almost seems worse – today than it was yesterday. How, how do you combat the hopelessness? And is what you're talking about, is it really, I don't mean scalable, but like, is it really, like, is it really the answer? I, well, so. A lot of things there. So. Oh, there's <laughs> a lot ahead. of things yeah. there, but I'm going to answer all of it for you. <laughs> but I, I, I think there's a preface to it. Uh-huh. Um, 30 years ago, politicians knew that Uh, politics was a full-contact sport, and they'd go after it. And then, when the politics was over, politicians from both sides of the aisle would go to dinner together, and they would bring their wives, uh, and they would learn about one another individually. And so, although I may be your political foe, I'm not your enemy. Right. Today, we have been conditioned to think of people that don't think like us or look like us or act like us as enemies. Um, and I really do believe it's tearing us apart. And the reason I'm saying this is um, it's dangerous to me because if we can't have civil, non-threatening, but very real conversations about politics, about religion, about race, about creed, and we can't learn to actually listen to one another, um, 
and we automatically assume that you're white, you're black, you're Hispanic, you think this way. You're Democrat, you're Republican, you think this way. You're Christian, you're agnostic, you're Jewish, you're Muslim, you think this way. When we start summing people up by the way they look before we ever give them a chance to open their mouth and tell us who they are, we are we are doomed. And so um, what's happened is we are retreating into groups. And uh, because we're retreating into groups, I can't tell you how many times after undefeated, people have come up to me and said, I really have a heart to serve, but I don't know how to get started. Right. Where do I go? Um, and because we retreated into groups and now we're being canceled before we even get a chance to explain what we really feel and who we are, it's, it's drawing us further and further apart from one another. And I think that despite all the good things that are going on, until we as a community of people, regardless of who we are, the way we worship, what we think, where we come from, until we as a community of those kind of people can come together around something we can all agree on, we're going to continue to be more and more divided. And there's nothing more than we can agree on, regardless of who you are, where you come from, that if, that if you do something in your community to better another human being, that's something we can all rally around, regardless of any of your ethos. And so, yeah, I really do believe that as an army of normal folks, you and me, we could take back the narrative of our country that the pot, that the broken political class and the powerful media class continues to feed us, to divide us because it enables them to control their own power. I say we take the power back by just being normal folks who say, nah, you're not going to divide us anymore, and here's something we can rally around. Who can't rally around a cop serving his community? Who can't rally around this week's episode? Yeah, tell me about Ann Malamud. Yeah, who, she, she's, a, she's a girl who grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota, had addiction all through her family, fought bulimia, uh, and at 26 years old, her, her cheap therapy was running and she'd run six miles a day. And for months and months, she ran past this homeless shelter. And one day the guys on the porch looked down on her after seeing her a bunch of times said, all you do is run around here. And she quit back because all you do is sit on your ass on the porch. Right. right? right. But it was banter. A month later, she started a running club for the homeless. Now that sounds ridiculous because the homeless <laughs> sounds, don't run. Sounds a little preposterous. Yeah, right? of course, right. A, but now it's in fifteen different cities, one hundred and fifty thousand really? people involved, and it has put thousands of formerly homeless people uh, in jobs and in permanent housing. And it's called "Back on My Feet." And she was a twenty-six-year-old kid that was passionate about running, passionate about how the tenants involved in running help fix her family's addiction and her own bulimia, and she shared it with people that didn't look anything like her and has changed lives. There, every podcast is a story of that, and I'm trying, I'm trying to tell all kinds of different stories of people from all different walks of life who have simply saw a need in their community and filled it and then grow this, this community of people who can rally around. We don't need the political class and the media class to tell us how to live, we can, as a community, see need and serve it. And and the, the beauty of it is you get 10 times more out of it than you put into it. Are you conscious of the whole white savior syndrome? You of know? course, but don't, but be careful. Uh -huh. Don't assume 
that these are white people serving no, no, the black I'm not, communities. I'm not. I'm just right? as you as of, you do of, this. Of course, yes. paternalism is dangerous, and I I I'll be honest with you. I never even understood the word ten years ago. Now I know it all too well and understand it. But there are plenty of African American people and Hispanic people, and I interviewed in New York last week an Asian dude who are doing things in their community. And that's another story that is completely untold that we're telling. The media media doesn't sell advertisements by sharing with the public the goodness that's going on. We gravitate toward the horrific stories, and and I'm trying to give an alternate view of what's going on in our culture and our society that I think we can rally around. Isn't there? It's funny. Like I, I don't. There's no question that I look at certain networks and I think that they exist to pick sides, sow division, all of that on both sides. Um, I think, and yes, on, I, I think that's certainly true. I happen to think one is wildly more irresponsible than the other, but whatever, we can move on. It doesn't, I, I, I do. I also think though, putting that aside, like Facebook is neutral, right? Twitter is neutral. And yet they allow us almost more perniciously to operate in our own silos. You know, it's not just the the media class that's pitting us against each other. It's the media platforms that allow us to form little mobs against each other, right? That's just as big a problem. I actually wrote an op-ed uh-huh. that was in the commercial appeal this Sunday, and believe it or not, it was on Yahoo News. I had no idea it was going to be published uh-huh. at home, right. but I, I'm going to I'm gonna butcher this a little bit, so one caveat, but I did a little research for it, and Pew said that 78% of Americans don't trust other Americans knowledge of the political process and the media to make good decisions. But 76% of Americans said an informed American was very important to our republic. Right. And at the same time, um, we have a 39% approval rating of the White House, under 20% approval rating in Congress, and really scary is less than a 40% approval rating for the first time of the Supreme Court. Right. And so the thing is, we approve of nothing. We trust nobody. But then we feed ourselves every single minute with right. the very stuff that perpetuates the that distrust. Yeah. It's yeah. insanity. And and we are part of the problem. Right. But we can be part of the solution if we will disconnect ourselves from societal preconceived notions about one particular group of another and just start to think of ourselves as an army of normal folks who can see need, fill it, and and grow a community, regardless of who you are, where you come from, around the notion that um, the greatest leadership is service. Bill Courtney, uh, the uh, the podcast is Army of Normal Folks. Uh, one last question: Because you did, you, you had that experience at Manassas, and you went in and you worked with folks in a difficult area who had all kinds of challenges and really hands-on, intense work that is involved in in not just being a football coach, but really a mentor and, and helping to shape lives. It feels like that is the fundamental biggest challenge that faces Memphis right now. Like, right, what are we doing with, like, what is happening with a lot of the young people who are growing up with crushing poverty and hopelessness and whatever? So I'm curious from your experience, how much you permanently, like, that's that was intense. How much do you, 
how hard is it to change lives, right? You know, how, like <laughs> what, what I, I don't know the answer in Memphis, but I, but I know like you guys worked as hard at it as possible, and it's still it's sometimes successful and a lot of times not. That's like, that's right. Um, <laughs> when there's a thing called a Ben Franklin close, okay, which is you take a blank piece of paper and you draw a, a, a line across the top horizontally and a line down the middle vertically and you put a plus on the left side and a minus on the right. And any decision you make, you list all the positives and the negatives. And right. if the positive outweigh the negatives, you do it. If the negatives outweigh the right. positives, you don't. It's called right. the Ben Franklin close. It's a sales technique. Okay. If you use that, when you go into places that are sometimes in the middle of generational loss and poverty right. and disenfranchisement, your negatives are going to always outweigh your positives. And if that's, and if that's you're measure, never going to do it. Right. But what you got to understand is whatever positives happen are in their sum total greater than the nor- number of that would have happened had you not done that effort. You have to prepare yourself for plenty of loss, but rejoice in the few things that do happen well. So don't ever go into a situation thinking, oh, I'm going to change the world and it's all going to be perfect. It's not, because this is real world and bad things happen. But the good things that do happen, do happen. So what if there's an army of people making pluses? What if over time we make pluses? Something else I want to say to you specifically with Memphis that you asked, and boy, I'm probably going to get blacklisted on this, but I'm going to say it because I think it's true, and I know a lot of people listen to you, and I hope people will think about it. We have all screwed it up. Right. Um, and it's not sexy. Um, if you if you look at the platform of just about any politician, education is never in the top six or seven things. It's always crime and economics and social issues, but everybody kind of talks about education early, and then it fades as the votes start getting tallied. But the truth is, until we start educating our children well, our tax base is going to continue to shrink. Therefore, the funds going in the coffers of our city is going to continue to shrink, and we're going to have less and less resources to serve our communities with from a government standpoint. And we are not educating our kids well. And here's why I say we all share in it. We've got a elected school board. Um, we are parents. We are involved in our community. We are taxpayers who fund it all. Um, and we have teachers and we have teachers unions and all of them encompass all of us are failing. There are kids that get promoted, not because of their ability to do the work, but because they don't disrupt class. There are schools in our city that if you have four classes of U.S. history with 40 kids in each class, that's 160. They only have 40 textbooks. And so the textbook sits on the desk. There's no homework. There's no studying out of school. There's no nothing. We have really continued to fail the kids inside our city in education, and it's all of us. I pay my taxes, and I'm telling you this story. What have I done about it? What the, the what, problem is is that I, I I think most people say, "Oh, education." But then then the, the next question is, "Okay, so then what?" Like like and and so like I I don't know because I wasn't prepared for this. But in terms of what we spend per kid, I think it's probably it's per, around eleven thousand dollars. It's ten thousand. And where does that compare relative to to 
to most places. Like, is well, that, yeah. I mean, let's like. Let's is, think in about other words, it. are we saying would it be better if we spent fourteen thousand per kid? Is that what the answer is? What, no, I, I don't think so. Not if you don't fix the culture. But here, that's here's a hard the, thing. Well, I mean, okay. So we spend ten thousand eight hundred dollars per kid, and I'm not going to get into a commercial right. for private school, and this is not the forum right. to school choice. But there are. 15 schools in this city that are private whose tuition is under 10,800 they do a great job educating their their student body so the money is there it's, okay, a, it's so a then, proven entity okay, so it can what, be done what does one do then if it's I, not about spending more money I, I, how does one quote unquote fix the culture i think an army of normal <laughs> folks right. of memphians recognize that until we fix our schools and we start putting educated kids with with, with proficiency into our city that can be valuable citizens, add to our tax base, have jobs, buy houses, pay rent, uh, I agree with all that to the last economy. part. We need all that. I think the question is, what does, what does that army – it's interesting. I was talking to Art Cecil recently <laughs> of the Cecil grocery store, and he said there was back in the day he and Willie Harrington um, – I think this was when Willie was head of the school board – they had a deal where literally every school in the city had been adopted by a by a, by some company or corporation and the, the people or really church up their or whatever or something yeah. right yeah and I guess that like that would be a, a, a army but that's the the only the only like I I don't want the answer like you have to give me but but like beyond. So what are we saying? We, we want people to start volunteering in schools. That will be it. Like, well, how do we, if that's the fundamental issue or one of the fundamental issues, I, I, how I per- do we fix it? I personally do think it is, look, crime comes from poverty largely. Right. Poverty comes from people that can't hold jobs largely. Right. And the inability to be uh, a good employee or to advance yourself comes from a lack of education. Right. So I do think right. yeah. that that's, that's where the root of the tree starts, right? right? Well, and you and, saw and what, I'm, and what I'm trying to yeah. say by illustrating we elect the school board, there are unions. Oh, we're all complicit. Yeah, we're all. There isn't one answer. Right. It's, uh, there's like 18 different spokes around this hub. And I don't think any of them are too shy. Give shiny. me one more. I need another. I need a story of hope. Give me one more. Who's the next person on you? On, <laughs> who's the next person on? Do you well, know here, yet? Here, uh-huh. one, one thing about that, ahead, the, yes. ho- the hope is uh-huh. that every year we're putting new kids into a school system and we have a city that does care. Right. And and I think when we get serious about it and maybe really recognize the truth about ourselves, that we can fix it. Um, the Army of Normal Folks hope. Yeah. Um uh, the third episode, boy, I haven't teased this yet, but not you don't have a, to a week. No, I'm going okay, go a ahead. week from today. Yeah, it will be episode number three, and I hope you'll listen to the first episode of Tommy Norman and this episode of Ann Malum. Third episode is John Ponder. Grew up in Brooklyn, spent 26 years in and out of prison. Uh, his last deal was a string of bank robberies, which was a federal thing. Arrested by the FBI. Um, and he now runs a thing called Hope for Prisoners. The recidivism rate in the United States for uh, prisoners is about 75%, meaning three out of every four end up back in prison. The recidivism rate of people that go through his program is 8%. And the way he's done it, you ready for this? Yeah. He teams up the returning citizens from prison with the officers that arrested them, and the officers become their mentors. 
and see them through this process of a, of a year-long process of getting job ready and figuring out how to do things. And what's happened is, of course, that these people no longer see the badge. They see the human being behind the badge, and they have an accountability group, and they have somebody to ask what more importantly, well, maybe not more importantly, but equally as interesting, is all of a sudden the Las Vegas Sheriff's Department, Las Vegas FBI, the Las Vegas Police Department, is starting to see the people that they locked up as human beings, not numbers. And this community has grown, and all of a sudden, only 8 out of 100 instead of 75 out of 100 returning to jail. Things can happen when normal folks do extraordinary <laughs> things, Jeff. It is uh, Army of Normal Folks, Bill Courtney. Always wonderful to see you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, we got to get out of here. Before we do, though, I do want to tell you, frame corner. Those are the magic words. Listen, if you've got... Uh, if you've got sports memorabilia knocking around, if you've got uh, something that you've always intended to have framed, taking it out of wherever you've got it in the closet or the du- and taking it to Frame Corner will totally transform it. Makes it collectible forever. It is Frame Corner, whether you're looking for pre-made frames, tabletop frames, custom, beautiful custom framing that they do, ready-made canvas art frames, Frame Corner is the place to go. Right there at 5035 Park Avenue. That's 5035 Park Avenue, framecornermemphis.com. Jeffrey, what is coming up next on 92.9? Here's what's coming up next. Jeff, here's what's coming up next on Jason and John. Jason Fitz is going to join them at 125. Jason Munns will join us today on Giannato and Jeffrey. Jeff joins Gabe at 5 o'clock. Thanks for listening, everybody. We got to get out of here. Back tomorrow. Enjoy your Juneteenth. Uh, For now, our work is done. 92.9 92.9 FM, broadcasting at 680 AM. Smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN at 92.9ESPN.com and anywhere on the free Odyssey app. Memphis's sports station and podcast leader, 92.9 FM ESPN. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? you might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Okay, fellas, game's on the line. Let's get it right. Frank, you were closest. Was it fair or foul? Uh, I don't know. I was distracted. Distracted? By what? Well, you know, it's a loud crowd. These lights are awful bright. I just won big on a Tennessee lottery instant game. And again, the lighting here, somebody ought to say something. You've got new instant games? Yeah. Enough to share? Of course. Fair ball! Have a ball with new instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. As Tennesseans, we all see and appreciate the abundant wildlife around us and the great fishing opportunities we have across our state. Thanks to your Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency. I'm Don King, reminding you that none of this would have been possible without the support of hunters and anglers who have purchased licenses and paid the bills over the years. Don't forget to purchase your license this year. It's a great investment in Tennessee's wildlife future. It's the season for a new ride from Gossett Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Fiat 1901. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.